Hello and welcome to another episode of Mortgage Video Mastermind, where we bring you professionals who share insight into the latest trends, tips, industry, technology, and services to help you create more videos to use in your mortgage business. I want to welcome you to our, we were calling it 15 Minute Friday, I think Scott, now we've decided to call it 30 Minute Friday, is that right? Because we've been That's 30, 30 minute Fridays. 30 minutes Fridays, yeah. So that, that works too. And, uh, and so thanks for joining us. We are recording this. And uh, so if you're missing it and you're watching recording, um, thanks for watching the recording. And so my name is Ginger Bell, and uh, I am the president and CEO of Edu Marketing and do a lot of education in the mortgage industry. And with me, I have a co host who's been with me every week we've done this, Scott Chang. So uh, thanks for joining, Scott. Of course, always love this. Yep, and we have a very special guest today. Kyle Seagraves is joining us. Kyle's from Model Mortgage, and um, I'm going to let him tell his story because I'm very yep. excited. Um, I have um, had the pleasure of knowing Kyle uh, for a few years, and uh, watched him on his journey. And Scott, I know you've been watching on his journey, and I think a lot of us, mm -hmm. Kyle, have been watching you on your journey, and so. Um, first and foremost, we're proud of you, and uh, I know it has not been an easy accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so that's why we're excited to have you share what that's been like here for uh, for what you're doing. So, um, so why don't you start with uh, a little bit about why you decided to do video? Sure. Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, no pressure on the everyone watching the journey along the way. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't even um, know that, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I remember I, I talked to a little disclosure. I talked to your dad uh, yeah. probably about a year and a half ago, maybe, when you had just reached the milestone of being able to monetize mm. on YouTube. And uh, he shared how excited you were about being able to do that. But that's not really the goal why you started doing this, right? Right. Yeah. So I started uh, as I think every loan officer does and you have the confusion of how in the world am I going to get business? Um, especially when it's, it's so competitive when you're coming into the industry. And um, I started when I was uh, 22. So like being young, inexperienced, and you have all these realtors working with other loan officers. And it's like, how, how am I going to find people to work with um, other than the few, you know, handouts that it feels like realtors give you of those loans that are impossible to close. They're turndowns. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no one else can do it. So how about That's you right. do it? That's and right. then I'll give you, you a chance. Yeah. And if you don't get it done, then we'll get mad at you and say you're not good at your job. Um, so I was trying to explore that piece. And then I was also with the clients that I was working with running into a very common problem that I think a lot of loan officers have and realtors have is we're kind of answering the same question over and over again. And I love to be helpful. But after you get asked about what's an appraisal for the hundredth time, you start to think there's probably a better way to do this. Right. And so what I really first started setting out doing was I wanted to create a library of videos for my clients. Um, one to help them through that process to ease the, the stress and the burden that they were having through the process. And to also show that I could be a trusted advisor through the process as well, because so many other loan officers, like unfortunately the bark is kind of low in terms of the communication and customer service that we have. And I think as loan officers, we like to tout the idea of, yeah, we have great customer service. Well, I think great customer service goes beyond just being able to talk on the phone. I think it 
pushes into the idea of what atmosphere are we creating for our clients? Um, how are they learning and being educated through the process? And do they feel like they can trust us? Are we an authentic, uh, trustful resource they can go to when they have questions? And so um, you know, that's really... Well, yeah, the, the thing I would build on that, Kyle, is, is um, it, when everybody says they have great customer service, customer service is a trailing indicator. You only know yeah. you receive good service and after it happened. So how do you right. position yourself so that you can be the trusted authority that they give the opportunity to, to deliver the customer service? And then if you deliver it, that's promise made, promise yeah. kept. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I started with doing bomb bomb video and Ginger, I think when we met at that conference for the first time, that was what I was really pushing into is, is on the, the bomb bomb side. And of course you can use any software to do personal video like that. But I know that in a, in a year I would do somewhere around 900 to a thousand bomb bomb videos, just from disclosures, quotes, intros, updates to realtors, um, and then started going into the YouTube side and seeing how can I make those a little bit more scalable? Because you know, doing 900 to 1,000 videos a year isn't the most sustainable <laughs> thing. Right. How can I start replicating that? Mm-hmm. Well, and not just replicating it, because I mean, there's there's ways you can bomb through bomb bomb. You know, have that video made to mm-hmm. where you just send it out, so you're not having to do the same video over and over again. And I know, you, I'm sure you did that. But you know, the 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 jump I think from bomb bomb into YouTube is where you do become that trusted advisor. And one of the things I love about you is you, you had no experience when you got into this. Um, and so that's one of the people always say, it's like, how do you help someone getting started in the business? And you've done that. And so being able to, to create that video shows that expertise yeah. and, and realtors want that. Plus, you also tap into a market that they can't reach, and that is in that millennial market. So. You know, I love the fact that you've embraced the video, but you also speak to a market that I think a lot of people cannot speak to, and that is through yeah. the social forum. Yeah, and I think that that scares people. The idea of um, who am I talking to brings right. in a lot of fear, especially when we talk about the idea of millennials or even below that Gen Z, who's just now kind of more in the budgeting credit phase, and they'll eventually get into the homeownership phase. And I think people they look at what other content exists like TikTok and everything else. And I think they feel like they have to create content that isn't in sync with who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. And so something that I really pushed into was like, okay, so I'm technically Gen Z. I'm like right on the edge. Um, But I obviously understand like a lot of the things that millennials go through. But at the same time, I didn't push into what I think a lot of people do, which is trying to get on what trend is happening. Um, what I wanted to do was really double down on who am I authentically and how do I bring that to the table? And so that took a lot of coaching to go through. Um, and I went through like a, a really great course that helped me understand what that looks like. And so what I did is I took what I'm working on personally in my life. For me, like uh, a lot of like self-work, a lot of therapy, a lot of the idea of calm I bring into my own life. And I was like, why don't I bring that into mortgages as well? That's, that's how I show up the most authentically. And I think there's this disconnect sometimes when people feel like they're going to create content that they have to be someone else right. and then they have to be energetic and exciting or they have to make some skit or comedy. And if that's you, then I think it's great. Double down on it. But each person has their own unique edge. And I think really pushing into that, what makes us unique is what I can bring into the video and figure out how can I do that? For instance, like my background, I try to make as calm 
as possible because that's how I show up authentically in the videos that I have. So um, that's what I would really challenge people is like, your audience is gonna be all across the board and we wanna figure out how do we tailor our message to the audience, but at the same time, how do I make it authentic coming out of myself when I create that content? Kyle, so that's that's interesting that you say that because I, I kind of look at it a little bit different way. Um, when you put your authentic self out there, you create your audience because people yeah, will see you yeah. and they'll either gravitate towards you or they won't. So really what you're doing is you're building an audience of people that resonate with your personality, your character, your who you are. And when you're your genuine self, I, I say this all the time, when you're creating content, you have no competition because there's only one you. So if yeah, you can be yeah, your yeah. genuine self, you create this sort of gravitational pull. People, people who follow you, they resonate with you as a person and your message. And so you really, you're creating, you're manifesting your own audience just by being genuine. But that's yeah. a really, really strong point. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's, it's almost like, it's like law of attraction directly at work. You can visualize, yes. <laughs> you get to create into the world and then, and then, yeah, you're right. The, that yeah. audience uh, yeah. is either attracted or repelled by it. Correct. Um, but it's the correct audience, uh, to you when you're authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking about audience, so you started out in bomb bomb and then you decided, okay, I can't keep doing this, um, creating all these videos. I want to be able to move into, YouTube. And so what was the first video you made? How did you decide what that video was going to be on? Cause I think that's the big yeah. struggle. It's like, what do I talk about? You know, what are the videos supposed to be about? So how did you start through that process? Sure. I'm trying to think what was the first video made? I think the first video I made was talking about three steps to buy a house. And I was walking through my neighborhood and I don't like watching that video now. <laughs> Um, so tell me, why? Did you, so so why don't you like watching it? What, what was the very first line? Okay, this is Kyle. I'm shooting my first video. <laughs> no, thankfully it wasn't. <laughs> I learned that lesson before I started. Um, I don't like watching it just because what I've learned is that creating content is just like anything else. It takes practice. It takes repetition. You don't go expect to go pick up any hobby, right? Like, okay, I have guitars in the background. If you want to learn guitar, you're not going to pick it up and start playing. Right. You're going to pick it up and it's going to sound really bad and your fingers are going to hurt. And you just have to keep getting at it for you know, repetition after repetition after repetition. And each video gets a little bit better. I think the hard part with video is we feel like we have to come to the table being this perfect presentation. When in reality, it's just going to be this work in progress and your, your beginning videos aren't going to look great. Even videos a month ago, I look back at and I'm like, Ugh, I don't really like those. But just because each one gets better and better and you have the opportunity where each new video is something that is, it really is this like new creative expression that you get to put into the world. And so as far as coming up with like video ideas, what I try to focus on was what questions are clients asking me? Because if I have clients asking me these questions, there's a good chance there's a lot of people also asking the same question. Right. And so my beginning videos tended to be around those topics of like, um, what's a buyer's market? What's an appraisal? Uh, what is, how do I get pre-approved? These kind of beginning questions that you have. And I, what I think is better for people to do is instead of saying, I'm going to create a video and then trying to figure out what to create on the spot is you need to have a running ideas list of all the things that pop into your head because they're going to come throughout the day, right? When you're shopping for groceries, you're all of a sudden going to think, oh my gosh, this is a perfect video idea. Open up a note in your phone, 
write it down. So right now I have somewhere around 400 video ideas that I've just been collecting over the years. Right. And so when I want to go record something, I just sit down, look through my list and then complain it that way. So Cal, I have a quick question. So there's, there's different types of content. There's uh timely and relevant, like news jackings type of stories. And then there's kind of the evergreen. Um, do yeah. you pay any attention at all to, uh, to spreading those out? Like, will you do sort of evergreen uh, guideline videos and then you'll try to sneak in one that's more timely and relevant? Do you put any thought into that at all like that? Do you put any of that yeah. kind of thought into it? Yeah. And this is in the beginning, I think, where I made a big mistake. I wouldn't say it's a big mistake, but in the beginning, I only focused on this evergreen content. And this is more stuff that would yeah. show up in YouTube search. So somebody searches for what's an appraisal. Right. And I would say the first probably 100 videos that I made were all in that category. And it was good because you have, you have long-term traffic coming to those videos, right? Yeah. Long-term views, people are gonna always search for what's an appraisal. The issue was I wasn't giving enough uh, videos with enough traction that would reach a wide audience of people quickly. And so that's uh, similar to what you're talking about, Scott, is this idea of like um, newsjacking or finding trending topics and then making a video on that. So right now I don't necessarily have like a formula for it of like I make this many evergreen and then I throw in one. I kind of just do them as they come up. So um, my default is to go towards evergreen content because I'm more interested in a long-term business that the takes maybe... Banks. Yeah, maybe smaller uh, or, or uh, yeah, longer growth up front, but it lasts much longer yeah. than just constantly being like this new cycle over and over again. However, when a topic does come out, like there was a change in the $15,000 tax credit turned into a $25,000 down payment grant, it's like, okay, great. I, you know, I wouldn't suggest doing this, but like that night I saw the, the update at midnight and so I was like, I'm, I, I literally head to the office and I think I left somewhere around three in the morning, Oh my gosh! but, but I was like, I'm going to be the first one to make a video on this. And it was, and it was. a great video. It was very informative too. And yeah. you know, that's the thing when you have important things like that, that are happening. And this is the thing I love about you doing that. It was something that nobody else is really talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's something that a lot of people may not even be aware of that it's going yeah. on. So even though it was um, timely, it, and it may or may not leave any benefit to anyone, quite honestly, what they've done now, but just the fact that you've been able to put that out there and build that as that expert and yeah. share that, especially with your realtors, because that's news they haven't heard about. So that's something, I mean, you can study it. You studied it, you read it, you know, you read the law, you saw where it was in the process and you explained that. And so I think that's fabulous. And again, for somebody that, and you've been in the business for a while now, so you're, you're a veteran, but for somebody <laughs> who is starting out, being able to do those. And we're not talking about the rates are low, lock now kind mm -hmm. of videos, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's more of those like, um, and it doesn't always happen, but sometimes what are the trending things? And it doesn't have to be, I don't want to necessarily say people have to go stop everything they're doing to make a video because <laughs> they're not all that timely. This was, yeah, this is more of a personal thing where I was like, I'm going to beat everyone to it. Okay. Um, but even outside of like what's happening news wise, there are some videos that work really well from a, a trending perspective. If we think of like, what's something that YouTube could suggest, but people aren't necessarily searching for. And um, I'll, I'll give you a good example of that. So like 
the the evergreen content is things more of like what's an appraisal what's a conditional approval how do i shop lenders that's things that people normally search for youtube isn't really doing a lot of suggesting that to people unless they're really entrenched in those videos already in the suggested video category this is where youtube is going to push out your videos to other people and we can start seeing growth accelerate really really well and so a good example of that is i made a video um I'm trying to remember exactly what the title was. It was basically, if you make $50,000 a year, this is how much house you can afford. Yeah. Well, nobody's searching, and, and this video wasn't like optimized for how much house can I afford. It only gained traffic because YouTube said, oh, people are responding really well to this, and we're going to push it out. And so now that video has somewhere over 100,000 views, none from search at all. And again, none from like uh, the, not from like an evergreen perspective, it's just purely YouTube saying, we're gonna start suggesting this to everyone in their home feeds and then they're up next feeds as well. And so I would challenge people to think about those. How can I make these videos that people search for evergreen wise? But what can I also do that has this um, really curiosity sparking element as well? Another example is I just made a video about like why I as a loan officer rent. No one's searching, why does Kyle rent, <laughs> right? But YouTube pushes out that video because the interest is, um, oh yeah, I wanna get a perspective from someone else. Why do they rent? Why is that an obstacle that, that they're facing even as a loan officer? And so there's this curiosity spark that gets created in there as well. Hi, I'd like to, um, I'd like to touch on, so there's this, this sort of dynamic, especially happens in our industry is we'll have you on here and we'll say, look at Kyle, he's got, but 90,000 plus subscribers now on your channel and we'll go lower 60. Oh, 60. Okay. Okay. Well, you're all we'll there one day. You're going to get to 90 very quickly. They'll be there so, in 30 days. But 60,000 followers and people look at that and it's kind of the admiration of the always an instant millionaire kind of thing. But this is a journey, right? I mean, we talk, I, we talk yeah. about this with content marketing all the time. Content marketing takes a very long time and what you're trying to establish is a, a, a behavioral pattern now so that you're doing short-term activities that contribute to your long-term success right. and really contribute to your long game. So talk a little bit about how, when you got started and how long it took you sure. to, to, to do it because I know my journey and it was a very long time until I had the positive feedback loops that, yeah. oh, hey, maybe like, like I always attribute it to me just not being smart enough to stop doing it mm. because I didn't think anybody was paying attention. And then the yeah. next thing you know, people are paying attention. So what did your journey look like? Sure. Yeah, no, I completely feel that. I had so many people who were like, why are you making videos? Like thinking that's not going to turn into anything. And what I didn't think no. either, I must've been crazy to keep going with it. Um, <laughs> and I have a chart I can show here in a second. Uh, my, my dad saw kind of what I've been doing on YouTube and he was like, oh, I'm going to make a YouTube video as well. And so I think he made somewhere around 15 or 20 videos. And he kind of jokingly said to me, um, where is everybody? <laughs> I was like, oh, get back to me when you've made 100 and then we can talk about where everyone is. Um, so this is a chart of total subscribers. And this was in March of 14 was when I took this picture. So this was at 54,000 um, subscribers total. So I've been record, I think my first video was September 2018. Um, so I have the first video there on the left all the way up just a bit past July, 2019 is I uploaded a video that now has hundred thousand plus views. Actually at this point, it's around 200,000 views. Mm. And this was my FHA loan requirements video. Now at this point, 
I didn't even have a hundred subscribers. And so sometimes these videos that take off and become these like rock stars of a channel, uh, don't have any traction in the beginning. So the dates are cut off on my screen. How, how, how long was it? What was the timeline from? Oh, oh, there we go. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit more. I don't know if my screen is different from anybody else's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see the dates now. So when was the first video 2018? So yeah. was it almost a year and you only had, and you had less than a hundred subscribers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, okay. That's what I want people yeah. to see. That's what yeah. I want people to see because that's, because I mean, yeah. you're still, there wasn't the social proof. There was no Kyle's out there in 2018 that you could look at and say, Oh, I just need to stick to this and I'm going to kill it. So you stuck with it for a whole year with less than a hundred subscribers. Okay. Yeah. And then you get past, uh, what is this? Man, Probably some around. Still seems October. like there's. It still seems like it was a long time until yeah. you got traction. Still around October of 2019, it took mm-hmm. 60 videos to reach 100 subscribers. So I didn't see. A, I made 60 before I saw 100. Wow. Wow. <laughs> now keep wow. in mind, this is a, quite a few videos in a short amount of time. Um, oh, a lot okay. of cha- Yeah, a lot of channels. You know, this was only within the period of about uh, about a year. Yeah, I made about 100 videos in that first year. Um, so about two videos a week then is what you're looking at dropping. Right. Yeah. So that was a hundred. And then was when I slowly started to see some traction. Um, you can see in May of 2020, all of a sudden the spike hits. And spike. this is my theory with YouTube, whether it's true or not, who knows? I feel like Google and YouTube, they kind of take a little bit of time to, to see, are you somebody we can trust? Yeah. Because okay. what they're ultimately looking at serving is their, their viewers. And, especially in the beginning, I think in kind of, uh, you know, niches like mortgage and real estate, Google really wants to make sure that you know what you're talking about and they're not willing to just throw you in front of their entire audience um, right up front because they don't want to do a disservice to them, especially when there's tons of other highly informative and authoritative content in the space. And so I think a lot of this is YouTube seeing like, are you going to stick with it? (laughs) Are you going to still like continue serving this audience? even if you're not getting anything from us, I feel like it's kind of how, how it feels in the algorithm mm-hmm. side. Um, and I think in, in May is, and maybe a little bit before that, kind of going back to maybe December 2019, is when I started figuring out, okay, I need to make videos that are a little bit more broad reaching. Instead of getting so down into the details all the time, mm-hmm. what can I do that, that creates more curiosity and inspiration? How do I create videos that appeal to a wider audience? Then sometimes these very um, detailed oriented questions that I was focusing on at the beginning. Is that, did you jump on the CARES Act right around that time? Um, I didn't do any coverage on the CARES Act then. I'm trying to think which video took off at that point. I can't remember. I think that might've been the affordability one that I made um, in the very, very beginning. You had a mortgage insurance one too. Yeah, there was a mortgage insurance um, and at this point too, was also when I started figuring out that in the beginning I was making videos on like budgeting, credit, buying, selling, refinancing, kind of the whole spectrum. You're just kind of like throwing darts at a board. And what I realized is that people subscribe when they see a video they like, they click on your channel and then they look at all the other videos and they're like, oh my gosh, these were all made for me. The moment that you start to get this disconnect between views and people actually subscribing is when somebody looks at your channel and 
if they're not really sure who they're serving. It's kind of this mix. So it's like, why would I subscribe if I'm going to get a bunch of things I don't want? So what I started tailoring into or really diving into is recognizing my audience uh, is a very specific person going through a very specific point in their life. Mm. How do I make sure every single video is tailored for that person in that moment mm. instead of covering the whole spectrum? If I want to talk about budgeting or credit or refinancing, I can do those on other channels. But to really grow this channel, I need to focus in on that one person who's going, in my mind, from a renting to a first-time buying conversation. They know a little bit about mortgages and real estate, but they want to learn more and they want to take ownership of the process. Kyle, how, how much time did you spend on, on unpacking that avatar and really creating who that person was? Did you just kind of ease into it or did something happen where you consciously sat down and kind of listed out the characteristics of what this person is? Yeah, I, there's, I've done several writing down and listing out. I can't remember exactly when I did it. I, I imagine it was somewhere around that December 2019-ish portion, okay. which is kind of at the very bottom of the hill of growth. And so um, the main thing that I use to kind of figure out who that persona is, is I use like the story brand framework. Yep. Um, if you're familiar with that, that yeah, that helped me a ton um, figure out like, what are the challenges this person is facing? And then I, what's always helpful for me is like, instead of creating this ambiguous character, I looked back to who was the first client that I ever had. And it was a friend of mine. And thankfully he gave me the, you know, the courtesy of trusting me through the mortgage process, helping him get a home, even though I had no clue what I was doing, <laughs> um, which is wild. He shouldn't have done that. Um, but I think to him, of like he asked me so many great questions and he wanted to take ownership of the process. And so now I have him in mind when I create videos. And I think that's helpful for people to think mm -hmm. of too. Like, who's that one client in your mind that, man, I would love to work with them all the time. And it's, not, it's never going to be the person who... I didn't have to talk, I didn't have to talk to, right? I think in our mind, we think the perfect client is, I never have to interact with them. They do all the stuff and then we close and I get a paycheck. And really, I think down at the core, the people who we like working with are the people who are interested. They want to take ownership of what they're going through and they're looking to us to guide them through each step of the way. And so yeah. I would challenge people to think of who is that person for you that you've really enjoyed working with, that they want to take ownership of the process and they trusted you each step of the way. What can you make for that person? Because there's thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of those kinds of people still out there. And like Scott mentioned yeah. earlier, we can attract those people by showing up authentically and creating content for them. So Kyle, one of the things that we don't talk about a lot because we talk about we talk about you need to create content, you need to get out there where it seems like we're implying you need views, you need eyeballs. But what in my experience, the byproduct of me creating content and publishing content online, it made me a master of my craft. Mm, like yeah. I was hypersensitive to putting good information out there. And that's what I love about what you do is you kind of almost go directly through the guidelines. Like you're a guideline mm. geek and you break them down and you unpack them and you make them easy to understand for consumers. I have to imagine that you are the go-to in your office and for everybody that you know for guidelines. Right? Yeah, both I, good I, and bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I am I imagine, but I mean it, it makes you such a better it makes you such a better um uh, loan officer. It makes you yeah. a better real estate agent. It makes you 
It makes you better. It makes, it gives you the ability to serve your clients better because of that act of having to make sure you're yeah. putting quality content. So, yeah. Yeah. There's so much that I've learned because of making yep. videos and yes. it's kind of, I can't remember how that adage goes, but it's, you know, if you, if you really want to know something, if you want to learn something, teach it teach to somebody it. else. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because like I, I don't make the videos because I know the guidelines. I made the videos because I have an, an idea of the guideline, but I went and looked it up yep. and then try to take, how do I take this confusing, boring language and turn it into something that's a little bit more digestible for people to go through. And so it really does. It really helps you stand out. And it's not like this information is, is hard or it's not like you can say, you know, I don't really know the guidelines that well, so I can't make a video on it. It's like, well, the video's not live. Mm -hmm. You can go look it up, write down notes, and then start explaining that to people on video and introduce something that's a little bit more human into it, right? That way we can add this, some story behind why do they need this? Also, what circumstances might this be, might this apply to? Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, is you get to learn so much through the teaching process. Um, and there's so much more that I know now, more than I probably ever wanted to know about mortgages <laughs> through, <laughs> through uh, educating through video. Yeah. When you do a good job too, I've seen in some of your videos, you bring in your iPad and actually then record your screen and writing out, whether it's a, a mathematical, you know, equation, talking about LTV or DTI, yeah. but making it to where somebody can understand it. And I think that's part of the power of what you've done is getting a mortgage is a process and there are a lot of steps. And I think one of the things with, your generation and you're on that borderline between the millennial and the Z. Um, you want to know you're used to going and researching these things. Mm, That's yeah. something that you do. And I, I've noticed that so much. So being able to explain that process helps them to have that understanding. So you brought up on your, your guide, your um, timeline there, as far as where you got to yeah. your, your hundred viewers, which, and and a lot of people, they think 100 subs, and that's the first goal. So in order to brand your channel on YouTube, you have to have a 100 subs. So to change the URL. To change the URL. So that's, that's usually mm. the first goal is to do that. And so now yeah. you're at 66, and you, know, you start that snowball, and eventually it, it gets that math momentum going. So when did you really get to where you're at the double digits? Yeah, the double digits with um, subscribers. Subscribers. Oh, that's a great question. Um, that's what a lot of people look at. Yeah. When you get to that double digit, then it's like, and, and I think then probably YouTube and Google, like you say, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, um, people do like him. And so we are going to encourage more yeah. people to watch. And he does have good content. Yeah. So yeah. then it starts growing more. Yeah, um, and going back to your point, earlier to ginger the, the isn't necessarily to grow the subscriber base right um the goal for a loan officer or a real estate agent or whomever um in the real estate world is getting those that those contacts coming in somebody reaching out and saying hey i'd love to work with you and so what's really really cool about youtube is that the subscriber piece you do have those elements of like you know 100 to, to get the brand and and things along the way but you're going to have people reaching out before that Mm -hmm. And so the, 
it almost becomes, you can kind of take the pressure off of like, I don't have to have this huge channel to still have a significant amount of people reaching out to me, um, still wanting to work with me. And so I think that's a really cool thing about YouTube is that the, the subscribers becomes kind of a vanity metric. It tells us a little bit about what's happening behind the scenes, but not a ton. Um, ultimately what we're interested in like is what's driving the business. And, and ultimately like I can't go take subscribers and like cash them in at my bank. Uh, I did it once and they laughed at me. And so I can't do that. Right. Uh, but what I can do is I can actually take those contacts that I have and people saying, Hey, I'd love to get a mortgage. That's something that I can use to drive the business. And so, um, way, way, way before you even had hundred subscribers, you likely will have people reaching out to you looking for a mortgage or looking to help, uh, to purchase a home. Yeah. And we actually, so um, we manage some YouTube channels for some of our clients and we actually hide that subscriber count. You can do that on YouTube when it starts. Um, and I do that for two reasons. First of all, it is not a van it, it is a vanity thing, but it's not a measurement of, as you say, of the success of your channel. And so I usually hide it from the allos so they're not concentrating yeah. on it. And then the other thing is, it, it, there's a lot of good content out there and maybe there aren't. I mean, it took you over a year to get a hundred subscribers. And so, you know, you have some people looking, it's like, well, it's a good video, but he only has a hundred subscribers. So do I really want to, it's like, you can hide that. You don't have to put that yeah. out. Yeah. It, it's so funny that, you know, yeah, Kyle, I really absolutely. appreciate you sharing all of this and, and you really are a, a, a pioneer in our, in our space with your level of commitment. But um, I just listened to your story and it just sounds exactly like the journey I started on with uh, writing blog posts 10 years over 10 years ago. <laughs> and I literally yeah. did it for the same reason. I did it because, yeah. it, you know, we've got a friend that, that said, um, you know, there, there are not, there are not 10,000 questions about mortgages. There's 10 questions asked 10,000 ways. And, and it's so true. And I started doing it because I was yeah, getting the same yeah. questions over and over again. And it was easier to send them a link and say, here's the answer to all of your questions. Once I've earned your trust, reach out to me and then I can solve your problem. So this is just, um, I really appreciate you being willing to, to, to share and be transparent about uh, everything you're doing. And, Quite honestly, what I'm picking up here is um, tenacity. You're just your commitment to doing it and making it happen and doing it for the right reasons. You were doing it to create a better experience for, the, for your clients and to help free up your time to be more efficient with the way that you run your business. A byproduct is you have tens of thousands of people that now follow you and listen to your advice, the, the, uh, the great sage of all yeah. of 24, 25 years old <laughs> and the mortgage yeah, industry. Yeah, they should be listening that, to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, but that not being the point and that not being the purpose, you have a, a knowledge base despite your age. Uh, it's, it's right there in front of you. The facts are, Kyle knows this much about all of these topics and anybody that goes to your channel knows that you're an expert in what you do and then mm -hmm. you understand the guidelines and, and you can unpack it. So that's yeah. just, that's amazing. Really, yeah. really good job. Really yeah. good job. Well, thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So we are beyond our 30 minutes and we're now almost at 40 minutes. <laughs> 40, <laughs> 40 minute Fridays. Well, and honestly, we could have a conversation for a long time about this. And Kyle, we definitely, okay. um, 
look forward to you and your journey um, because you do have a lot of knowledge and I know you like sharing knowledge. So we certainly hope that you continue to do um, what you're doing, which I know you will, but then also just, you know, as far as the industry goes, we need more um, education and more of that comfort that you bring and that it's okay to do videos. And it's not, you didn't do this overnight. This was something that was very purposeful. So I appreciate that. Um, and I'd like to ask, if you don't mind, to maybe leave our viewers with um, the first three things they should do in getting started with video. It's like if there's three things that you can do tomorrow to create your first video. Um, and, and I'm not even talking about putting it on YouTube or bomb bomb, but just get that creation process started. What would those three mm. things be? Yeah. Uh, first thing I would say is start a note on your phone right now and just call it video ideas. Start that, that way throughout the day. By to the end of today, you'll probably come up with at least five, just the way it happens. Um, after that, I would take one of those videos, let's plan it. It doesn't take that long. Like let's just make out a, a general notes. And then finally, I know you said not, not with recording, but like just record, just post it. Because <laughs> the big, big part of the process is just getting started. And just record it. Yeah, the benefit is like no one's gonna watch it in the beginning which is kind of depressing, but also really relieving, right? Uh, even the first video that I have still only has like a couple hundred views, yeah. right? So it's like, nobody's, nobody's gonna watch it. Just record, get in the habit of becoming somebody who creates content and the rest is just gonna flow. Perfect, great advice, thank you so much. Thank okay. you so much for having me. Hey, and we'll have you back again, so as much Let's as- Let's do it. As much as we can uh, glean on your expertise, we will definitely do that. And that's the reason we started the Video Mastermind Group. It's just to have people helping people. We just need to be able to, to have more encouragement, comfort, to know that it's okay to be able to, to create the content. So I thank you for that. And Scott, thanks for joining as always. And uh, we'll see you next Friday. So um, make sure and join our group. It's the Video Mortgage Video Mastermind. And if you go to Facebook, it is facebook.com backslash group backslash mortgage video. And uh, so thanks so much. You guys have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thank you.